It's Exodus 20, verse 7. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. The second reading, that's Isaiah 36, verses 18 to 20. Do not let Hezekiah mislead you when he says, The Lord will deliver us. Have the gods of any nations ever delivered their their lands from the hand of the king of Assyria? Where are the gods of Hamath and Arpad? Where are the gods of Sepharvaim? Have they rescued Samaria from my hand? Who of all the gods of these countries have been able to save their lands from me? How then? Can the Lord deliver Jerusalem from my hand? And the third reading from the second book of Kings, chapter 19, verses 14 to 22. Hezekiah received the letter from the messengers and read it. Then he went up to the temple of the Lord and spread it out before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed to the Lord. Lord, the God of Israel, enthroned between the cherubim, you alone are God over all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Give ear, Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, Lord, and see. Listen to the words that Sennacherib has sent to ridicule the living God. It is true, Lord, that the Assyrian kings have laid waste these nations and their lands. They have thrown their gods into the fire and destroyed them, for they were not gods, but only wood and stone fashioned by human hands. Now, Lord our God, deliver us from his hand, so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you alone, Lord, are God. Then Isaiah son of Amos, sent a message to Hezekiah. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I have heard your prayer concerning Sennacherib, king of Assyria. This is the word of the Lord that the Lord has spoken against him. Virgin daughter Zion despises you and mocks you. Daughter Jerusalem tosses her head as you flee. Who is it you have ridiculed and blasphemed? Against whom have you raised your voice and lifted your eyes in pride? Against the Holy One of Israel. This is the word of the Lord. Great to see so many smiley faces and some new faces. Uh, Allow me to extend our welcome to, to you again. Uh, especially if this is your first time, uh, a very, very warm welcome. My name is Aaron. I'm the assistant minister here at St. John's. Uh, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you that you are our God who takes your own name seriously. Please open our eyes and our hearts to see what that means for us this morning so that we can revere your name and to carry, carry your name appropriately. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Well, uh, I'll, I'll try this. Not, not so good with uh, using different voices. But, but here's, here's this guy who has been attending the church every Sunday now for a while. Uh, he's not so good with words, but he's always a very good listener. And one day, he shouted at the person sitting next to him with excitement. I think I finally figured out what God's name is. What do you mean? The person sitting next to him uh, turned to him and asked, Well, this is where I got a little confused. I think he actually goes by with two names. Is that right? Tell me more about it. Well, when it comes to singing hymns, I'm pretty sure his name is Andy. Because every time we sing, the song says this, and he loves me, and he walks with me, and he tells me I'm his own. So Andy, there you go. But when it comes to praying, uh, everybody calls him Howard. Howard? Well, haven't you paid any attention? Uh, whenever we pray the Lord's Prayer, we pray, Our Father in heaven, Howard be your name. Well, I hope I wasn't blaspheming at all. Uh, name, name is something very special. Uh, when you name your child, not only do you want a name that has a, a good meaning behind it, you also want to make sure they sound right. Because uh, if you're not careful about it, your name might get turned into something very funny or even derogatory at your school or, or at your workplace. Uh, sometimes it's going to a different country. Pronouncing your name in their language makes your name funny. Uh, when I was in Thailand, I had to be careful not to reveal the proper pronunciation of my surname to, to the Thais. Because in Thai language, they would add a, a P in front of people's name. Uh, anyone who's older than them, they, they would say P. For example, P Aaron. That, that means older brother Aaron. But then if, he, if they know how to pronounce my surname properly, and then adding that P in front of my surname make it, make it, makes it sound like uh, the part of <laughs> someone, someone's got it. The, the, the part of body that you sit on, uh, the rear end, if you know what I mean. So, um, so yeah, I'm sure we all know that God's name is certainly not Howard nor Andy. So, firstly, um, let's take a look briefly of who our God is and what's His name, anyways. Um, when Jesus taught us to pray, the first sentence he said was, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Uh, this word hallowed comes from the old English word heli, which means holy. I don't know why they just stuck with that word for ages now. I think this verse and, and uh, Luke, that's the only place that word hallowed appeared. They could just change it to, to holy, but but maybe that sound, sounds nice. Uh, so when we say, hallowed be your name, we're asking God 
to let his name be worshipped, uh, exalted, honoured and adored on earth as it is in heaven. We're asking God's name to be lifted up so that people will worship and treasure him above all else. And so our, our verse today, Exodus chapter 20 verse 7, tells us that you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. So what's God's name? Uh, when Moses was given the Ten Commandments to pass on to the Israelites, for them, for the Israelites, the name that would come straight to mind would be the name God revealed to, to Moses back in Exodus chapter 3, uh, between verses 2 15. I've, I've shortened it a lot just to make it easier for you to see. Suppose they ask me, what's his name? God, God said to Moses, I am who I am. The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. Uh, whenever you see our English Bible spelling Lord with all capital letters, so all capital L-O-R-Ds, um, that's God's covenant name, Yahweh, showing up. So remember that when you see all the capital Lord. If it's just one capital L with all the small O-R-D, that's just you saying, you know, your Lord, your, your boss, your superior Lord. But capital L-O-R-D, that's Yahweh, God's name. Now, a name is something really interesting if you, if you think about it. It could be a label to a face, you know, something that you and I have. You know, I have a name, you have a name. Each person has a name, so you could match that name with that face. But in reality, a name can be so much more than just a label because it, express, it expresses a person's identity. Uh, for example, when I said to you earlier, it was great to see lots of smiley faces or you know, have seen some new faces. Um, I did not imply that your face, your faces were somehow disconnected from the rest of your bodies uh, because the, a face is part of a whole. So it can stand for the entire person. When I say, you know, glad to see your face. Uh, similarly, God's name represents his whole identity. The meaning of God's name is so rich. Uh, we could go on the whole day just to unpack his name. But for simplicity's sake, we could say, I am is the God of now. He is ever-present. He is who he is. He just is. He is the same God to Abraham. He is the same God to Isaac. He is the same God to Jacob. And he's the same God to you and I. Who was and is and is to come. God is the God who is ever-present. He is self-existing self-sufficient, and he is supreme above all. 
And as the events of uh, the Exodus unfold, the Israelites who learned that this God who revealed his name to Moses is a God who saves. And we fast forward to New Testament. New Testament. Jesus claimed that he is this God. Uh, Jesus tells people, before Abraham was born, I am. Basically, Jesus claimed that he is the I am. And Jesus said, I and the Father are one. For what Jesus had said, the religious leaders around wanted to kill him. It's not just someone stupid saying, look at me, I'm God. You all you know that person's got issues and you just label him an idiot or, or someone who needs medical attention. Uh, and, and it's not just someone else who, who's uh, like the cultures around them because back in the days they are all the idols, all the little gods and they say, they claim that they're linked to, to those little gods or deities and so they can get by by saying, oh, I'm, I'm God. But then with what Jesus said, the specific term that he used, he said, I and the God, I and the Father are one. Before Abraham, I am. Uh, the Israelites understood him perfectly because the words that he used. And they said, Jesus, being a mere man, claimed be, to be God. And that's why they wanted to kill Jesus. And that's how God introduced himself. That's how Jesus introduced himself. And then God instructed us, do not misuse his name. For those who misuse my name will be counted as guilty. Um, there's a section in the British Museum I like visiting very much. It's the corner dedicated to Assyrian Empire. On the ground floor, if you go into British, British Museum, look out for that section. And one of my favorites is this hexagon object called the Sennacherib Prism. You can find this in room 55 on the ground floor. On this prism, the Assyrian king, Sennacherib, boasted how he was so great and how he had trapped King Hezekiah in Jerusalem like a bird trapped in a cage. And he even described himself on, on this prison, saying, the terrifying splendor of my majesty overcame Hezekiah, etc., etc. Basically, he's, he thinks he's so great. And in his own writings, um, he, he never wrote down how he was defeated, however, uh, or how, or, or the real reason that he withdrew from Jerusalem. Because if you read the story from the Bible, God sent an angel to strike his army down and he had to go back home. Um, he never recorded that, and for obvious reasons, because as a king, you just don't record anything about your failure or anything negative about yourself. That's just how things work. But still, this was one of the pieces of evidence we can find telling that biblical account of, of this besiegement of Jerusalem was, was real historical account. 
I, I'm personally, I'm not a big fan of King Hezekiah uh, because of his many flaws, including how he initially tried to please Sennacherib by paying tributes to him. And how did he do that? Do that? Um, he, he stripped down all the gold and silver and all the valuable stuff from God's temple so that he could send it to Sennacherib. Uh, it might be helpful to imagine if you have a son. Um, he got bullied at school. But you are the head teacher of that school, which he, he got bullied at. But instead of coming to you and tell you what, what had happened uh, at school and ask you for help, he decided to steal your bank card. And then he went and withdrew all the money from your bank account and handed it over to the bully, along with your car key. And then he says to the bully, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry, here's my peace offering. Please take them and don't pick on me again. This, this was what Hezekiah was doing. And by doing that, he put God's name to shame. He was admitting to Sennacherib that he is greater than, than his God whom he worshipped. But thankfully, uh, he came to sense and did the right thing eventually. As, um, as we heard from Roger reading, um, he came to sense and he acknowledged God for who he is. And he prayed to God and asked God to save him and his people. And surely God did answer his prayer and drove the Assyrian army away. And as a result, all the kingdoms of the earth came to know that you alone, Lord, or Yahweh, are God. If you still have your Bible on page 390, feel free to just look down and look up. Um, so now you are reminded who God is and what his name means. Just how do we misuse God's name? And it's actually not that hard. Uh, you can do it too. So let me give you a few pointers on how to misuse his name. There are many ways we can misuse God's name, but the specific mis misuse that God has in mind is speaking about him carelessly, thought thoughtlessly, or even flippantly or jokingly, as if he didn't matter already didn't exist at all. So let me show you the top three ways on how you can misuse God's name. Firstly, you can use it like abracadabra, uh, like in the sorcery. Uh, just like back in the ancient world, many people believed they could tap into the supernatural by using divine names in, in magical incantations. They call upon their God to heal their bodies. They call on their gods to tell, tell them their future or to give them victory in battle. You know, using God's name as if he can be manipulated. Uh, I remember when I was studying at university, there was a, a cult group. Their belief is that if you call on the name of Jesus three times, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. 
even unintentionally, you shall be saved. Uh, but Jesus said, not everyone who calls, on my, calls me Lord will be saved. And a quick, quick story from, from Acts chapter 19 for you. Uh, there were some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits by invoking the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were even demon-possessed. They would say, in the name of Jesus, who Paul preaches, I command you to come out. But one day, the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? In another word, you guys don't belong to Jesus. I'm not afraid of you. So the evil spirit overpowered them all and gave them such a beating that they ran away naked and bleeding. So first, that's the first way to misuse God's name. Secondly, you can misuse God's name with false prophecy. This one's my favorite. Uh, you know, if you practice a lot, you really can get yourselves a long way by misusing God's name this way. Because truth to be told, most people don't read their Bibles. Whatever the church leaders say goes, people are just so very trusting. You just use the phrase, thus says the Lord, or, or this is what the Lord says. The Lord told me to say this to you. Uh, false prophets try to quote God this way all the time. It is lying and therefore an abuse to God's holy name. False prophecy is trying to use God's holy name to advance a prophet's own agenda. And this happens all the time throughout history. Uh, people often try to boost their own credibility by claiming that God is on their side. From the, from the Crusades to slave trade, uh, to political agendas, to financial gains, you name it. The Bible described those prophets as liars, that he did not send them. And, and they, um, the Bible says, the prophets are prophesying lies in my name. Therefore, this is what the Lord says about prophets who are prophesying in my name. I did not send them. Uh, bring it closer to home. We have many of the leaders within Church of England now telling us we've got it all wrong for thousands of years. They're saying now that it is right that God's blessing should go to same-sex couples. They are endorsing people to do what God said not to do in God's name. And, but, but we all know that, that there's, the logic behind is a little off. Um, God loves sinners doesn't mean God loves sin. What God said was sin would always be sin. Essentially, in the name of inclusivity, they are twisting the truth by telling others that because God is all-loving, therefore he is all-accepting. Uh, it's like you telling your children not to smoke weed because it's just wrong and it damages their brains. But then your children, they then turn around and say to their friends, you know, our father actually got it wrong. 
Uh, he doesn't mind you smoking weed at all. In fact, he would even bless us uh, in our weed smoking because he's so loving. So I kept on using those weird examples. Hopefully, that'll stick with you. Uh, so that misrepresents God and twisted what he said. And that's a form of blasphemy. And that's a false prophecy. Uh, the third way you can mis misuse God's name is to swear false oaths. Swear false oaths. You know, to persuade others that you were telling the truth. People do that all the time. In the Old Testament, the peop uh, people often say something like, as long as the Lord lives. Uh, in our modern day language, we we'll say, I swear to God, this is what I said. Or I swear to God, I haven't done that. Uh, basically, people are calling God as their witness. The problem is most people ended up taking an oath in God's name and then carried on lying. And often they, they are not aware of that. And sometimes in anger or in frustration, you hear people say stuff like, what in God's name are you doing? Or worse still, they include, they include God's name in their curses uh, as part of their swear words. None of those are helpful because God is holy and he's perfect. And even if you meant well when you swear upon his name, there might be parts of our sense of righteousness or justice which God doesn't agree with. So essentially, by invoking God's name in swearing of oaths or cursing people, we end up making God out to be a liar. That's why God forbids us to swear by his name, lest we end up profane the name of the Lord our God. And I hope I haven't scared you off from using God's name now. Because really, God encourages us to use his name. Uh, if you've been following the Rugby World Cup, you've noticed how the referee very often say, say this phrase, use it, uh, when, when the ball is there for you to use it. If you don't use the ball, you lose it. Uh, back to our original verse again, Exodus 20, verse 7. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Do you see that this is a two-sided command? God didn't say, don't use my name. You know, as if something bad would happen if you utter his name, like, like those big bad villains in the films, he whose name shall not be uttered. Uh, no, God only said, don't misuse my name. In fact, God wants us to use his name. In the Old Testament alone, God's name, Yahweh, is used all over the place. The, the name Yahweh, Yahweh alone, not counting other names that God used to, to refer to himself, just Yahweh alone was used over 6,800 times. And God gave us his name so that we could be able to address him personally. Calling him by name 
will strengthen our love relationship with Him. Uh, I kept pronouncing God's name, Yahweh. Have you noticed that? The fact is, no one knows if that's the correct pronunciation. Because um, while most scholars would say this is the most likely pronunciation of how how God's name is verbalized, in reality, uh, the pronunciation of God's name has lost over time because the Jews avoided saying it out loud out of reverence. And then they substituted God's name with Adonai, meaning my Lord. And then because Hebrew alphabets don't have vowels in their writing, written language. And so all you get is YHWH. And so if no one's pronouncing that name for, for hundreds of years, eventually you forgot, you forget how to pronounce the name, except knowing how to spell the name. How sad would that be if over 100 years people forget how to pronounce your name? Uh, two thoughts to wrap up this commandment we were thinking about today. Firstly, the Bible tells us that there is power in God's name. We, we heard the story from King Hezekiah. Um, but do you believe that yourself? This name, Yahweh, God revealed to his people, I am who I am. Do you believe that our God really is who he say he is? I am who I am. In the, in the New Testament language, sorry, I went too fast. In the New Testament language, he's described as the Alpha and the Omega, the, begin, the beginning and the end who was and is and is to come. If you do believe that, then please don't ever forget what a privilege it is that he is willing to call you sons and daughters and placing you under his personal care. So call on to your God by his name. Call him like you mean it. Call him like your life depends on him. Because God can and will defend his own name. Call him according to how he introduced himself to you. And ask him to act. Ask him to make himself known to you. So that you can know him better. And love him more. And obey him more. And final thought. Are you satisfied with your friends, your families, your colleagues or your loved ones? only know that you identify yourselves as Christians, but nothing more. Wouldn't you like them to know our God by name? Not only does God want us to use his name, but he would be so happy if we all make his name known to others. Um, Acts 4.12 tells us that salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. No other name but the name of Jesus. Because to glorify God is to know him and to make him known. Let's pray.
Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we get to know you and we get to call you by name. Would you help us to, to grow in our knowledge of you? Help us to know you better so that we can love you more and obey you more. Help us also as we grow in our knowledge of you that we would not shy away from making your name known to people we encounter. May your name be magnified and glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.